Welcome back to the Too Many Hobbies podcast. Today's episode is with my friend Greg Taylor. He is a phenomenal logo artist, digital creator of call making logos as well as other logos in the waterfall industry. We also talked about his waterfall hunting and previous hunting experiences in British Columbia. We had a really long conversation, so I broke it up into two parts to keep everybody's attention and Part one, we'll be talking about hunting in British Columbia. Stay tuned to next week's episode, talking about his call-making art and his other art. And I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Too Many Hobbies podcast. I am your host, Brian Allathorpe. Tonight's episode is going to be with Greg Taylor. Greg, welcome to the show. Appreciate it, Brian. Really, uh, yeah, appreciate the invitation. It was awesome. Like, I, 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 yeah, whenever I get one of these invitations, it blows my mind that anyone wants to chat to a fellow like me, but I'm always, ex- <laughs> I'm always excited to come on here and run my mouth. Of, you know, yeah. it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to chatting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I I remember seeing the first time that I saw some of your artwork that you do, Mm -hmm. that's what like really caught my attention. I'm like, man, this guy is talented. (laughs) And so that's how I've like, yeah, that's how I've connected with you. But um, before we get into that, yeah, before we get into that, let's, uh, let's go to like, uh, what got you into waterfowl hunting? Waterfowl hunting. Okay. Um, So I grew up uh, in Northern BC, like real Northern BC. So, uh, place called Fort St. John. For most people, like there's Prince George, which is like three quarters of the way up. They think that's where BC ends. Like you can still drive for like eight hours before you hit the, the Northwest <laughs> Territory. So we were right in that little corner, between, like where you're not the Northwest Territories, and you're not Alberta. There was like a little corner up there. So that's where I grew up. So waterfowl hunting wasn't a thing. Um, way too cold and then way too much big game. Like Northern BC is a big game kind of world. So uh, deer, moose, like anything you can imagine is like in your backyard. We grew up on 400 acres. So there wasn't a lot of motivation to go buy bird decoys when you can drop a, drop a mule deer, like in, in 45 minutes. So yeah. um, never, like never even thought about growing up. That wasn't a thing. Never, like, honestly, I mean, we saw ducks all the time, but like, I, I, I honestly don't even think I thought it was a thing like duck commander hadn't come out yet. I, I don't know. I just, it wasn't even on my radar. I, I, if you would have told me at 10 years old, people ate ducks, I would have thought you were crazy. So um, <laughs> then I moved, I uh, got a little bit older in life. I moved down to the coast, um, like about as south as you can go in BC without being in the States. So like the other extreme and there's no big game. Uh, we got black tailed deer here, which are actually a funny story. I came down here, met a guy at work. We were talking and he's like, Hey, you used to live up in, the, up, up in Northern BC. You ever, you ever skinned a deer? I was like, yeah, lots of times. He's like, Hey, can you help me out? Like, sure. I showed up, I showed up, to, I showed up to his garage and I thought he had two dogs hanging there. Like these things were tiny, like these little, like, and they were Island black. Tail. like he'd gone over to a place called Texada Island. And I mean, if they're like, we're talking like a hundred pounds, 110 pounds. Like oh they're, they're small. Like they hide in yeah. ferns. Like they're like, they're, it's almost like rabbit hunting. Right. So I was like, I was like Dude, did you break a law? Like, I don't want to be a part of this. I don't, I don't know what's happening. Uh, anyways, <laughs> turned out it was legal. It was fine. It was just really weirdly small deer. Um, so I got down here. It wasn't a lot of big game spent a lot of years of my life uh at that point i didn't have family anymore so kind of just floating i actually didn't hunt for a lot of years and then duck hunting fell on my radar obviously just because of i mean the popular kind of like tv shows and you know social media i was thinking like man that looks like a lot of fun and it was different than anything i'd ever seen right because like deer hunting you're either like in a truck and you're kind of cruising the fields looking for something you're sitting in a tree blind and like anytime you're the snacks in your pocket make a crunch your uncle's like slapping you upside the head yeah. to shut up so like <laughs> it's very different right like you're not like you're not out there to be social you're like shut up sit there and freeze like maybe right. a deer will walk by you're like okay i'll just stare into space forever and that's different right so all of a sudden there's like these guys and they're like hooting and hollering and they're like laughing and they're throwing crap at you. i was like that looks like a lot of fun like i can get into that um and then looking at it so i was like well i, I kind of like cursory took a cursory glance at what it took the waterfowl hunt and I was like, wow, that is a lot. I will never understand that. That's way too much. I'm not going to bother. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of years later, fast forward, I was working with a guy and he's talking about duck hunting on the weekends. I was like, man, I've always wanted to do that. Sounds like super cool. Like, oh man, I don't know how you get all that together. He's like, why don't you just come this weekend? And I was like, I, uh, I don't have a good excuse not to. So yeah, sure. I'll come this weekend. <laughs> 
So I borrowed, uh, I borrowed uh, my my little brother. He had a shotgun, and it's like his like old eight seventy, just beater gun. Like this thing, I was like, I don't know, eight seventy like, wingmaster. Yeah, and this thing yeah. is like got chips out of it, it's rusted on half. I was like, I show up like in that my fishing waders. Like I, I man, I I'm surprised they didn't even let me. I, I'm surprised they let me along. So show up. And yeah, and that was it. So like we, it was a super foggy morning on cornfield, could not see like 30 feet. And I'm thinking like I showed up, I was like, I, what, what are we doing here? So we're in layout blinds and I have no idea what's going on. And I was like, everything about this just seems insane to me. There's like seven of us. One guy's like using, using the washroom, like 20, 20 yards, like left of our blinds. And I was like, man, I'm thinking of like, that's nothing's going to come here now. Yeah. Thinking about deer hunting, right? I was <laughs> yeah. like, well, yeah, yeah, you just blew the whole hunt, buddy. Way to go. Yeah. Uh, and then, so we're laying there, nothing, nothing, nothing. We're set up early. And then I remember like, cause it was so foggy. I remember it so crisp. Like, oh man, it even gets me just like jazz talking about it. But like, all of a sudden you can just hear them. Like you could hear birds. Like, I, like yeah. where, I don't know, but they were like maybe 50 yards up and you could see 30. So you could hear whistling and you could hear like, quack, 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 quack. like as they just kind of like just settle. And I was like, okay, so it, it's happening. And yeah. then all of a sudden it was probably a flock of, I don't know, 15, 20, it wasn't a big flock of mallards just come like through the fog in your face, cupped up, like on the ground, like at your toes. And, and then mayhem broke. Cause I had no <laughs> idea what to do. Right. Yeah. Also they're like, they're like, when we call shoot, shoot. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like thinking again, coming from deer hunting, I was like, you're going to call shoot. We'll like line it up. Right. And then, yeah. No. So they call shoot. And like there, I think there's four or five of us and everyone just unloads and it's three rounds up here. Right. So it's like, yeah. and I sit up and I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> I didn't find him for a single shot. <laughs> so we go to retrieve birds. We're wandering around. Everyone's getting birds. I, I still have my shotgun on my shoulder. I'm wandering around helping them find birds. We had one dog. So, you know, we're helping them uh, just track birds. And one solo drake comes through the fog. Here's wings whistling. I turn and I'm the only one with a shotgun. The guy's like, take it. And I remember I'd like, and it was, it was the first, first shell I fired at a duck. Dropped that duck so cold. Not that that's not a brag. It just, ha- I mean, it was yeah. literally about, 20 feet away so like if i had missed yeah. it i would have been way more embarrassed so it wasn't like it's hard but it was just <laughs> yeah. and it was like and it was a, a beautifully plumed out drake it like i remember sitting in my blind for like half an hour after that just like staring at this bird i was like this is amazing and then yeah. from that moment on I, that's literally all i thought about yeah i just i haven't yeah. right in that's it yeah and like and with kids like young kids it, it's it's handy because where i am now on the coast if you want to do big game you've got to travel a little bit right like got not crazy far but i mean for a decent mule deer hunt, you want to go up to Merritt, which would be three and a half hour drive, right? Yeah. So it's not like you're, you're not going for an afternoon hunt anymore, right? You're going away for a day. Uh, my daughter, she just turned five. So like the last four years, it's kind of been hard to say like, hey, I'm going away for the weekend, right? Like it's just, a, you right. know, so so the big game hunts kind of became like harder. So all of a sudden it was like, well, man, this, like I can go, like I have a field, not a great field by any means, but it's a field uh, that's like six minutes away from my house. Oh, so I can go yeah. there. Yeah, I can go there. They're like throw 12 decoys. Now, you know, get like, I want you to limit every time. But if I get four ducks in an hour and head home, I'm happy, right? Like I've been oh, home, yeah. I've hunted. You know, you get, you get it out of your system. You've hunted, you've had a good time. So yeah, perfect. And like, that's, yeah, that, that, oh man. Even just like I said, this, I'm like all antsy now. Just think about that first time. <laughs> yeah, I was getting close awesome. to the season too. Oh man, yeah, we're yeah. really close. Yeah, yeah. But that was like, yeah, that was it for me. Hook line sinker done. Like all in. I was buying, I was like cruising Craigslist buying decoys the next day. Yeah, so that was awesome. it. Haven't looked back, haven't thought about it twice. I think anybody that I've ever talked to that's like they've gone out and their first hunt was a good one, there's no way you can turn them away. Like it is gonna be they are hooked no matter what. That's true. I think even though like for me, it was, I think I could have walked away with that day and we all could have been skunked and I would have been happy. Yeah. Cause it was just a whole different dynamic. Right. Like, I don't think right. like, if you don't have the comparison between the two, it's just so drastically different. Like I've never been on a hunt before that hunt. I mean, like I've been like truck hunts where like you can like chat, but like, you're still like, okay, right. shut up. We're, gl- we're glass and don't talk to me. Like, okay. yeah. like you know, I'll look out my window, <laughs> but they just like, I mean, just like shooting it, like we're just like shooting the shit, laughing, like yeah. guys like throwing crap at each other. Like it was just, I was like, this is actually like, this is like, this is socializing. This is a good right. time. It was just a whole different, like that. I would have, if it had stopped at that and just been a whole different social aspect, I would have been happy with it for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's birds something were, different. Bonus, that's for sure. Yeah. It's almost like fishing where like, yeah, exactly. you don't have, you can hang out and like, even if the day sucks, as far as like a harvest, 
yeah. you're at least like hanging out with people you like and you're you're bullshitting yeah. you're drinking coffee you're you know doing whatever yeah. eating food and it doesn't matter it's not going to change the the travel of the birds yeah you're in this water or not right exactly and yeah. that's how i sell it to everybody actually it's funny because it's literally the uh like now i'm always trying to get buddies in right because right i've got a few buddies who are more experienced but then i'm also kind of trying to do my own thing like one thing with waterfowl hunting is you'll hunt a lot with guys i think the only was like there's there's like a lot of mentalities i guess in the waterfowl hunting world right like yes i'm gonna how do you navigate this one like seven of those caves so if i say anything i'm just gonna prove it if i say anything and you feel guilty like ah that's about like then just reconsider what you're doing but like i'm not pointing anybody out. but yeah. you know like there's the guys who are like i have long hair i'm growing it out this is yeah. for like a children's foundation this isn't a mullet um but like you've got the guys with like pit vipers and mullets who are like crushing six red bulls and like going out in daisy duke jean shorts yeah you know what i mean and they're having a good time all, yeah. all the power to them right yeah. And then you've got the guys who are like, they only shoot drakes and it's got to be within five feet. And like, I'm only yep. shooting them in the head. And like, if they have a band and other than that, I don't hunt a duck. Yeah. There's those guys, right? And then there's like a lot in between and there's just different, like, there's different reasons everyone's in the field. So like, yeah, I've, I've exactly. got a few, a few guys that I've hunted with who I don't hunt any more because not, not that they had any judgment cast on how they hunt. It's just not what I enjoy. Right. So, right. Um, yeah. So I'm always trying to get new people in who I'm like, Hey man, like we look like we're the same. You want to get in the waterfowl hunting? And they're like, nah, I've seen duck dynasty. I'm not interested. I was like, I'm mad. And that's what I would say. I was like, imagine fishing, but hunting. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, well, you literally like sit there, you chat. And then when the bite is on, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> you like maybe harvest a couple ducks and then you go back to chatting. Like nothing happened. Right. Yeah. I was like, that's it. <laughs> like, yeah. really? I was like, that's literally it. That's like, that is all it is. Yeah. And I've hooked a few guys like that. So it works, but that's always with the analogy. It's like, it's the, it's the fishing of hunting. That is what yeah. it is. Yeah. That's crazy. So you started with big game. What was the biggest, uh, biggest game that you've harvested moose. out there? Moose. Yeah. Moose. yeah. yeah, yeah. I was hoping. Yeah. <laughs> which is always not like, which is crazy to me. Like a moose is big. Like I'm not going to play down the size of a moose. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's just like you're in Canada. It's a moose. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, right. Like I always talk to guys, like, especially yeah. way down. So like moose, like that. You're like, that's a moose. I don't know. Like, well, if you've seen it your whole life, you're conditioned to it. It's just like, yeah, but it's, it's, it's just a cow right. with really long legs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the only difference. Like, it's, it is an amazing creature, I guess, yeah. right? But like, again, I've seen it my whole life. Like, then if you told me it, yes. like a crocodile, I would also be like, I have nothing new. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. there was a few guys on the cells we were talking because, like, I, I was like, I've always wanted to be on a flooded timber hunt. Like, that's on my bucket list yeah. of waterfowl hunts um and so like talking to guys in the south I'm like, man flooded timber you're so lucky like you ever worry about gators they're like well as long as they're not within five feet and i was like man i feel like as soon as i put a toe in the water gators would be on my radar yeah and then they're like well as long as it's like smaller than two feet they have all these weird things i'm like oh, smaller than two feet i was like its mouth is still a foot like yeah and then, but then they fire back to like aren't you worried about bears i was like i don't think i've ever worried about a bear i don't like i don't they're not hiding in the water like you'll see yeah. them coming but it's just weird, right? Like different regions, everyone worries about different things. But yeah, a moose. Yeah, yeah. I've harvested a moose. It is big. That's so cool. Um, it's just like a long-legged cow. That's that's. Yeah. If I had to describe it, if you if you have cows in your area, imagine that, and its legs are three times as long, and you're probably yeah. in about the right size range. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah, yeah it's funny and that you say that. Like eating. being, yeah. Oh, of course. But it's yeah. funny that you you say that. Like being conditioned to it. Like, I'm in the middle of where you're at and where the yeah, yeah. are. So like, <laughs> like no man's land. Yeah. So like we have nothing poisonous that can kill me if I go in the water. So like I go down South and there's poisonous snakes, there's yeah. crocodiles. But then if I was to come up there, there's bears, moose, yeah. other stuff that can kill me. But like, yeah, like you're just shrugging, shrugging it off. Cause you've seen it your whole life. Yeah. Well, and the I difference talk to is people like... in Florida and they run dogs and stuff. And I'm like, aren't you and worried about like, yeah, your dog getting yeah. eaten by a gator and there's like, eh, they're there. It's whatever. Like you don't bother them. They won't bother you. And I'm like, that's, I don't think that's how it works. No. See the thing is with like, so like my only, like, so we've had this conversation lots. And so I only have like, this is why I have multiple theories on this, but like in Canada, like everything that will mess you up or end your life is like big. Like right. if, if, if you get eaten by a bear, you made some mistakes, <laughs> right? Like there's no way you're like sitting in your blind, mind your own business. And like, ah, bear attack, like out of nowhere. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's never going to happen. Like, it's crunching through the bush. It's snorting. Like, it is, imagine the clumsiest 400-pound man you've ever seen stumbling naked through blackberries. Like, that's what you're listening to as this thing wanders around you. So, like, it's not going right. to sneak up on you. 
right? Like, and they're not small. I mean, like the worst sneakiest thing is like a cougar. They might sneak up a little bit, still massive cat. Yeah. But like, yeah, you go down south, like, like, like a snake this big out of nowhere bites you on the ankle. And like, that's game over. Like that's, yeah, that's, that's the stuff that scares me because like you you can't predict it. Right. It's like, or a gator. It's like, you see eyeballs floating. Like that is not enough. That is not enough to go on. A grizzly bear is like that. Yep. You're 300 yards away. I'm not going to come closer. Right. But a gator that is all of a sudden in your lap is like a whole nother story. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like when boys, I used them... to when I used to spend a lot of time down south, people would be talking about gators and snakes and stuff. And I'd always tell them, like, that's why I that's why I live where the wind hurts my face. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. like, it's a good point. Yeah. But yeah. that doesn't apply for you because it's freezing no. cold up there and you can still get well, like you said, yeah, you're probably See, we're not we're going to get temp, yeah, or attacked, but yeah. yeah. Like we have poisonous snakes, like because like BC's weird in the way of like the rest of Canada. So it is odd. Like, so when most people think Canada, they're thinking like Ontario, Saskatchewan, like that stretch of like prairies east coast. Got it. Um, okay. so like west coast, we're, we're just drastically different. So like you hit Alberta, that's kind of your cutoff of the prairies, and then you hit the Rockies. Okay. Um, and then the Rockies are like this giant border as far as like ecosystem goes to what's on the other side of it. So like uh seattle portland like seattle like that area like your guys pacific northwest that just carries up into the bottom half of bc right so we have the rainforest it It pours rain nine months out of the year we have a super hot summer and then it pours rain again it might snow for a week like that's all we get and then you move up into like the middle of bc and and it's like arid deserts like uh merit uh kamloops clone of that area is like desert so like we're talking tumbleweeds rattlesnakes desert like nothing grows there cattle and ranch like everyone like that's where all of our cattle is, is in bc is in the middle chunk because it's all Got it. it's all your rangeland like it's just it's just shitty scrub brush for you know rolling hills that nothing yeah. will grow on so people raise cattle and then you go just past that and you hit like oil fields snow and like wheat territory so it's like 40 degrees which would be 105 for you guys for four months out of the year and then it's minus 30 degrees for the rest of the year which is i don't know what that is in fahrenheit that's but it's zero gross yeah yeah so and that's basically what that is then like that's where all the wheat and grain and stuff grows up there because they have a really good grow season lots of moisture from all the snow melts and then you hit desert which is like crazy like we're talking in the middle of summer it'll be 45 during the day and then zero at night like those huge fluctuations and then you go a little bit like two or three more hours south and you're in a range like the bc is a weird we're like a layered province as far as that goes so that's that's interesting i would have never guessed that no, because everyone always, like I said, the East Coast is kind of when people think Canada, Ontario is our big, like, that's our spokesperson, I guess. If you, right. But yeah, so yeah, we're pretty lucky. And that, and the nice thing is because of that, like, it's, it's very diverse as far as if you're an outdoors person, like what you can, what you can go see, like I can, I can hunt waterfowl in not like, not flooded timber, but like I can hunt them in like the, like marshland on the edge of yep. the river. And then I can drive, like I said, for three and a half hours in merit and be hunting like mule deer on rolling ranges like it's just very different it's right. it's it's lucky like we're very lucky to be where we're at and like we have turkeys here like up in the desert area too like there's all sorts of stuff all over the place it's so crazy if you're willing to look yeah yeah i don't think that anybody would really guess that thinking like uh when you think canada you think cold yeah. you kind of think like like you said prairies and you would never guess that like for us that arid desert area would be like arizona yeah. And it's where it's like a hundred degrees during the day and that drops down to 30 degrees at night, yep. 30 to 40 we, degrees. Yep. It's like that's so cool that it's there's that much diversity in one mm. province and you're right on the coast. Yeah. But and like then fishing, also we're like we're on the yeah, we're on the yeah. coast, like ocean wise. So that like for me to go ocean fishing would be an hour drive. Right. Yeah. Like obviously I don't own a boat, but like an hour drive to a boat to go out in the ocean fishing. Then I can be fishing salmon runs within half an hour of my house. I can be hunting like blacktail up in, in the local forest mountains within 45 minutes, be hunting ducks within 10. I can be hunting mule deer within three. Like there's just like everything is around here, right? And, the, and then if you think about it too, like like when you guys think Rocky Mountains, Colorado, like that's that's also like on the in the middle of BC on the Alberta side, like that's the same stretch of Rocky Mountains you got in Colorado. Right. It's just carried yeah. up, right? So we also have like that whole mountain town aspect with like mountain sheep, mountain goats. Like you want to go on helicopter like helicopter and hunts where you you hunt mountain sheep in the middle of nowhere like we got that we got all sorts of stuff but yeah bc is bc is a very weird ecosystem where they all kind of coincide and like overlap a little bit it's it's very interesting that's really cool that there's that much diversity there 
Yeah, it is and cool. He, and he it's, chose it's, waterfowl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, the, in my direct area, it's definitely the most accessible. Um, yeah. And it's fun. I guess, like I said, like oh, I said yeah. it, is, it is a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. And so how long yeah. have you been doing it? Uh, I shot my first duck. That first duck story would have been the end of 2019. So November okay. 2019. It was the two days before my birthday. I was like, they went on this duck hunt and shot a duck. Yeah. Yeah. So very new. Very new. To yeah. Me. Extremely new. But I've, I've logged a fair amount of hours since then. <laughs> yeah. It sounds <laughs> probably like. Probably more sure. than I yeah. should. But yeah, yeah. I've definitely logged a lot of hours since then. <laughs> yeah. We have a long season compared to most too, right? Like, what do you guys have for like goose limit or duck limit in your area? So goose, they just upped it up to five and then mm. federal duck in the states is six but then per state it'll vary by species so you can yeah yeah, yeah so we're eight okay hold on hold on a sec okay anyone who's anyone who's listening to this and you're in bc don't count this as the regs uh yeah we're eight eight ducks and 10 canadas a day that's crazy so that could be like like a canada goose or a lesser like a cackler yep yep and then uh and then we have an early goose season and like, and a goose season that overlaps duck season. And then we have a late goose season. Yep. Uh, and then we don't have like your guys's, uh, man, I see some of them videos that conservation you guys do on the snow geese. Yeah. Like, that's bananas. We don't really have yeah. a lot of snow geese where I'm at either in my area directly, but, uh, Got it. then you can also take 15 a day. Yep. Uh, where we're at for okay. the whole season. So like, you, yeah, you, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of birds. Like that's even the guys in Ontario that I talked to, like, they're primarily goose hunters because okay. that's what's abundant in there. Like there's ducks, but not like what we have here. Right. Um, we have a lot of ducks and, and, and not a huge concentration of hunters. So okay. it kind of, it kind of twofolds. And we have a huge population of like uh, resident geese, which yep. I mean, like total side note, like what's crazy to me. And this, this again, kind of like blur the lines a little bit between fact and, and, and my, and my story here, but like, so geese actually, aren't native to the west coast so they were way back at some point in history native to the west coast got hunted this beard no more canada goose so like if you talk to old hunters here that hunted in like the 70s and 80s they would actually like to see a canada goose like a like lesser greater a canada goose period in that time period was like like that was like your lucky day you saw a goose fly overhead um and then what they did is they had a problem with geese on the east coast so they actually like loaded them all into like military like air carriers they like when they when they were in the molt they like herded them all onto planes and then like flew them over here and just dropped them off because they were trying to like reintroduce a population right really um, so they did that uh and now they're like a, a pest species yeah yeah so like geese here are so you can actually like you can get a hunting license and you can actually you can apply for it and there's like some loopholes you get not loopholes but like some hoops you got to jump through uh but you can get like a I don't want to call it like eradication. That sounds bad. But like basically you're just going and you're doing pest control for farmers. Yeah, it's a nuisance um, Yeah, exactly. Yep. And we can and then you there's like no harvest limit. You're not allowed, you're not allowed to wear camel. You're not allowed to be in a blind. Got it. And and then other than that, go nuts. That's because like it is like it's crazy. Cause I think there was a stat rough numbers 21 or 22. 22 geese will eat in an hour the same amount of feed off a field as one cow will. I mean, it like makes sense. And that's the ballpark number, right? So if you're a yeah. farmer and you all of a sudden have like 600 geese in your backfield, like that's yeah. not good news, right? So, uh, so a lot of farmers here will, will obviously like they, they like that nuisance, yeah, nuisance help. So, but yeah, yes. and then we have resident geese. I don't know if you guys have those. Yep. Where they, so like they don't leave? Our, they will leave, but what we have is like, our, we have an early goose season. So our early mm-hmm. goose season, it goes for like 10 days in September. Yeah. in ohio and michigan it yeah, goes similar. for a whole month of september yeah. and uh so there's they they used to call it i think resident goose season but they just started yeah. calling it early goose um yeah. so we have the same thing tons of uh canada geese big big graders they'll eat the shit out of a cornfield oh, or yeah. soybean field like that and yeah. uh so we have that that goes in September and then our duck season starts in the middle of October, goes till like the middle of December. And then it takes a week off and then we can go for our late goose goes till the second weekend in February. Okay. So we're not that far off. Like we, start a, we start a little bit earlier, like a hair. Um, like ours is like uh, for end of the first week-ish, beginning of the second week of September okay. until October like almost the end of like almost October 1st. That's our early goose. Yep. 
Then there's like a week to 10 days off. It, it all depends on the weekends because they seem to always start it on like a Monday for whatever yeah. reason. Oh, and then okay. uh, and then we have like, so it's usually it's usually like September 14th, 15th. And that goes until January 14th, 15th. That's our duck and goose season. Got and it. then it takes, uh, usually it fires back up in February, mid-February and goes till the middle of March. Oh, okay. So, that yeah, would so be, yours that goes would be a little seasons. later than ours. Yeah. yeah. But we have a goose, like a goose population actually. So, because right now the southern coast where we are is like, it's perfect. There's like literally no reason for them to leave. We've got farms, we've got water, the water right. never freezes. It's like the temperatures fluctuate just enough to like trigger breeding, but not enough to push them anywhere. Got it. So we have geese, like, I mean, I can go out like literally at any time of the year to one of the local parks and there's just geese hanging out. Yep. Uh, a buddy of mine lives in the city. Like they had, to, <laughs> they had to pay their strata board to hire pest control because three geese were nesting on like the roof of their building and like attacking people when they were going <laughs> in and out. So there we had, it's insane here. So like I, I they actually, I think in the last two years, year and a half, they actually started like, you know what like uh, egg addling is. Are you familiar with that? It's like where they go around and shake the eggs. So they like, like the, the oh, geese will, no. like you never done that. I've never no, done it well, personally. There's, they used to do uh, like tar on the eggs. Ah, yeah, yeah. So we, they used to so, oil soak them for a while. Or yeah, oil <laughs> soak them too. And yeah. then like, you know, PETA and the environment, environmentalists had a problem with that. So they figured yep. they'd split the crowd and like, now they don't use the oil. So the environmentalists are happy. Right, yeah. So yeah, they just shake the eggs. I don't know what it does. They shake the eggs and then they put them back so that the geese will still nest, but like nothing hatches. Got so it. actually they've just, they've just brought that back in the last two years in, in Vancouver, like the actual big, city district because like they yeah. were like stanley park like all of the things like in the downtown center were like so overrun with geese um because we've actually had between the migrators and, and the the geese that had become residents they've actually bred and created their own like it's a it's a now they're saying that it is actually identifiable as its own subspecies like the fraser valley has a goose all of its own it just like doesn't move doesn't live does its own thing I mean, it looks exactly like every other goose, so I don't know how they know yeah. the difference, right? But yeah. it's breeding grounds, I think, is what defines it. And they live, breed, and spend their lives within this, like, within our, in, within our MU, which is what we call our hunting area, and they yeah, never okay. leave. So they become, because of that, that's what makes them their own species, because they don't go anywhere else and breed with anything else. They just breed within their own area. Yeah, they just so incest geese. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And they are all year long. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Until hunting season. And then they miraculously somehow find somewhere else to be. Yeah. <laughs> At least my experience, right? Like, man, it feels loaded all year. Week before hunting season, they all go somewhere else. You're like, no, oh, okay, cool. Perfect. Good. That's crazy. But that's waterfowl. They'll, they'll, uh, they'll humble you every hunt. That's, yes. that's my experience. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You can go out no. and kill, kill them one day and then you go back the next and don't shoot a oh, single man. thing. That's happened yeah. to us plenty of times. I've even had the hunts where like you go out in the morning, you have this nice setup. You think like it's going to be dynamite. Sun comes up, not a bird in the air. Maybe like, you yeah. know, you get like a couple of pairs fly over there and give you a look. Yeah. And your buddy's like, Hey, I was going to hit that field after work. What do you think? And you're like, I was there this morning. It was garbage. He's like, yeah. Yeah, I'll go there anyways. And then like, he texts, he's like, flipping it out in 12 minutes. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is they, that yeah. 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 They can change by like the moon phase. Oh, yeah. I mean, anything is just like, there's been times where we're like, oh man, we were going to smash them. And then we go to the boat ramp and it's a full moon. We're like, why are we here? It's weird. Eh? Like, all night. Yeah. yeah. I've started doing the last, so my first season, I didn't really pay attention to anything. I was just like, I was just happy to be out looking at ducks. Right. The last, like last season and the, and the tail end of the season before I started actually, uh, Ducks Unlimited has an app. Yep. Again, I'm not going to throw shade, but the, the Ducks Unlimited Canada app is not good okay. um, at all comparatively to the just the, the just the general ducks unlimited which if you say just ducks unlimited it's it's implied that it's us um that app is awesome so i've downloaded that literally none of its functions work because it stops at the at the border nothing comes north <laughs> except for the journal on it like you can log all your hunts okay so, yeah, yeah like you can like you can type in it will gps you so like you can type in where i hunted and then via gps it'll get you that like local weather so oh, like, that's cool. log, logs that already for you um and then through that then you like then it's got like a picture section if you want to put a picture up and then it's got a note section where like i've done that and then uh and then harvest so like you just like click on the tab and it'll tell you like duck or goose you click on which one it'll go down species you click on which one drake or hen so like i've actually the last couple seasons i've done that for every hunt yeah um 
it's just kind of neat to like look back and be like, oh yeah, we were here like last year, the same month. It was like super yeah. cold and was awesome. And then all of a sudden the next year it's like really hot that month and the ducks suck. So yeah, it's, it, I, I think note taking like, yeah, waterfowling is, I think waterfowling is one of those sports where like big game hunting, you kind of like per hunt, I think you get what you put in. Right. Right. Like course, if, if you're yeah. going to, if you're going to go after like a, a, a mountain sheep or a mule deer, like the more, the more kilometers or miles you put on your boots, the better hunt you're going to have, but like, Oh yeah, it ends. It ends. Like you, you pull the trigger, you drop that deer, whatever animal that's the end of your hunt. You will probably not think about it until three weeks before the next season when you start right. putting up cams. Right. Whereas waterfowl is, I mean, you can look at stuff that you did three years ago, like as right. far as like spreads or layouts or where was our blind on the field that year? And which angle were we facing? What was the weather like? Like it is this ongoing, never ending, like as much like, intention and information as you want to pull out of it it will keep delivering right like or you right. can be the guy who just has buddies with decoys and you 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 show up once in a while with tim tim hortons and shoot some ducks like that's great <laughs> um right like we, we all have that buddy right like who you don't talk to your like your friends yeah uh and then you literally don't talk to him until three weeks before season it's always yeah. that text like hey man how's life like, oh. <laughs> like the meat i wonder, the meme. I, yeah. yeah i wonder why you randomly just thought of me yeah. today yeah right so there's always that right but i mean and that's fine if that's the guy you are that's great but like also if yeah. you're the guy who wants to take meticulous notes on air pressure and weather patterns like you can be that guy like waterfowling right. more than any other hunting has that like vast amount of depth that you can dig into yeah. to the point where like you'll go crazy because it is of course never ending yeah. Yeah, yeah oh it'll make you insane oh yeah yeah. The amount of times I've left the field going like, did I call wrong? Was my field crap? Like, yeah. well, you're like, there's like, what, what? yeah, there's yeah. too many variables. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah you can do everything yeah. right and still show up and it can be either the greatest hunt <laughs> of your life or the worst hunt of your life. Yeah. But yeah. the nice thing with waterfowling is at least you're still there. Like if it's the worst hunt of your life, at least you're still there shooting shit. Right. Like, yeah, it's different exactly. than sitting in a, in a tree stand for eight hours in complete silence and then going home empty handed. It's kind of right. like, well, that was a waste of a day, but yeah, if nothing else, even after a couple hours in the blind, like you've had a good time. Right. Yeah. Right. I think so. that's the main difference between the different styles of hunting is that like a lot of people that I talk to, they'll be like, what? Like, they'll ask me, why do you enjoy it so much? And it's like, mm. well, because you can have a great harvest, but you can also just sit there and have fun with your friends. Yeah. Like, it's just it's not, a, it's it's not a social on the harvest. Yeah. 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 There's way more to it. And like, for me, it's take, like, I can be taking pictures or like yeah. have the dog out. And like, that's a di whole different aspect to it. And you can keep adding stuff like that. Like you can be a guy that never hunts with a dog, or you mm -hmm. can be a guy that loves having your dog out and watching that dog just retrieve a bird. Something so simple oh, is like just the greatest thing you've ever seen. I remember my first, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a dog yet. Yeah. Asterix. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, cause I hunt a lot of time, right. And like, I have back sloughs. So in my area, it's a lot of like sloughs, cedar forests. We have the Fraser river, which is massive. So like you're hunting like some kind of swampy stuff on the edge of that okay. or fields. So like a lot of different, like I can be hunting like a 20 by 30 pothole in the middle of a forest one day to hunting like a wide open corn, like not cornfield, but like, Oh yeah. Cornfield, not a lot of wheat, but like corn or berries the next day. Yeah. But, um, I totally lost track where I was going with that. Oh, dogs. <laughs> So anyway, so like my whole life, I've been like chest waders. Like I've got like poles, like pull ducks out of these ponds, like yep. kayak, yep. like, and then, yeah, I went on a hunt. Uh, I don't know, like probably three quarters of a season in with a guy that had a dog. I remember just watching this. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> like just watching like where, and it wasn't even like the fact of like everyone who says it, they're like, well, you're just lazy. You don't want to get your own ducks. It was just watching that, like the, the I don't want to say, yeah, camaraderie. Just the way they would work together. Right. Like he's, he's like doing one thing, but he's waving his hand and the, and the dog is just doing it. And I was like, yeah. this is awesome. And then like watching the dog running back and even just like, I don't, I don't know, like, yeah, you probably gotta be an animal, uh, animal person, which a lot of people think hunters aren't, but right. like you, you can see a look of pride on a dog's face, right? Oh, like yeah. they drop, they drop that bird off and they're like, yeah, I found it. Yeah. Right. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. you did. I can't believe it. Cause I dumped in a bunch of blackberries. But job, buddy. <laughs> right. Like it's just like a weird, like, but that dog is proud. It's stoked. Like yeah. they're shaking as much as we are waiting on the shot. Like, yeah, Oh yeah. I, it just added a whole nother layer that I remember that first time I did with a dog. I was like, I'll have a dog one day. Yep. Yeah. That'll happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a whole different dynamic. And the other thing about it too, that people don't uh, really understand, like you just said, you dump it in some brush or some oh, cattails or something. You might not never find it. Yep. but that dog will find it 99 yep. oh, yeah. percent of the time that dog will find it we oh, you see the, it's just crazy 
you see those pictures of dogs coming when they got like those uh i don't know what kind of grass it is that has those like barb seeds uh cattails yeah yeah and they just come out and the dog is like just has a whole nother coat of just grass <laughs> yep. and it just like comes out with a duck it's like a blood i was like where the hell did you find? like you even hear stories yeah. of like those those dogs they, they send it they see a bird go down they come back with a bird that's not even the same bird like yeah did you get this thing? like it just oh yeah and they just love it and and when you watch those dogs work like they are passionate about it like it is it's it's just awesome to see yes. and another layer and again that's that's something where like with waterfowling there is that other layer right like yes you can kind of just keep getting more and more invested which i think is what keeps a lot of folks out and honestly right. like as a new hunter that was that was super deterring i guess yeah it would be it would have been super deterring for me just because I mean, you watch the shows, you like, you yeah. look on the forums, you look on Facebook groups and it's like, and you just watch like, oh yeah, like, you know, yeah, you look at like goose beat down 57 dozen decoys. You're like, what yeah. the hell? Like, and yeah. then you like go on, like, you know, you're like, well, how much does a dozen, holy shit, it's like 200 bucks for a dozen decoys. Like, right. And you're like, well, I'll ne- I, I don't know how I'm supposed to, like, especially coming from big game hunting where, where you're like, well, I need like my grandpa's old rifle. Yeah, and a twelve and a twelve dollar box of shells, and that's my next six seasons. Like you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, yeah, and that's it. And and an old Mac jacket, like that's like right. to keep me warm. So yeah, so I think it's deterring because a lot of folks. And then there's like, and then there's, I mean, again, I don't want like again, yeah, anything I say is never meant to slight anybody, but like you get like, and the, the difference with waterfowl hunting is I think it has a heavier presence of pro staff probably than any other, um, yes, maybe hunting industry, and for better or for worse. Um, it has both aspects, but for like, I mean, you get these guys out there wearing like, they're wearing all Sitka from head to toe. Like they're walking around the bush yep. in like more money than my truck is worth. Like, you know, like, yeah. like, especially in Canada, like Sitka is not cheap. Like I don't, I don't have a Sitka hoodie, like yeah. in Canadian, that's like almost $300. Yeah. Like I, I want it, I want it in a waffle. So like anyone that thinks I'm well off, like they yeah. cancel that, but like, <laughs> like, right. It's just like, and it's insane to me. Like you're wearing six layers of that you're crawling. I'm yep. like, man, I would, I would be scared to go side in that. Yeah, but it's like they're wearing that. They're stacking like unless you stack limits, there's no point going. Like there's that, right? right. So if you're a new guy and you're absorbing eighty percent of probably the YouTube content, yeah, it's it's daunting, right? Like, oh yeah, because you're gonna you're, you're gonna go out. You don't have all the right gear. You've maybe cobbled together like twelve crap decoys that you found at a garage sale, right. and like you're and you're already starting off thinking like, well, this is never gonna work because like I saw the guy and like you know, and then you've got like yeah, your grandpa's hand me down camouflage jacket and so like it's you almost start off already in this bit of a deficit and then you only shoot one duck right right? which i think if you go out on a hunt in your first 10 hunts and and you don't have someone taking you like say you're just you know what you're going to do it on your own which is is some folks reality like if you if you down a duck in 10 hunts celebrate that shit Oh that yeah. It's not an easy thing to do. Like, no, so it's super difficult. <laughs> right. But they're looking at it going like, Oh, there's only one duck. I didn't shoot limits. Who cares? About yeah. that? And, and the problem is it, it's, there's that side of things that it, it deters the newer group a little bit. Cause it's just yeah. daunting, right? Like I need to have, okay, I got to have three dozen floaters. I got to have at least, uh, you know, four dozen full bodies. I got to have 10 dozen inside. Like this is like, you look at the shopping list. Cause like yeah. you can see it on some of the groups where someone comes like, Hey, never been waterfowl hunting before. I own a shotgun. What else do I need? And then like the shopping list that people put up and it's like, yeah. this guy wants to go out and maybe shoot a duck. Yeah. Like, dude, dude, you need six old crap decoys, your gun, and you need to know how to hunker in some brush. Yeah. If you can do that, you've got a decent shot. Oh yeah. yes. Maybe, maybe not as good as having 20 dozen decoys in a field, but like, right. But the reality is you're also just wading in the water. You're not going to start with all that stuff. So I always tell yeah. guys like get the bare essentials. If you're hunting water, Get a dozen floaters. If you're hunting field, get yourself a dozen field decoys. Yeah. Find a spot where you know the birds are going to be and hang out, learn the birds. Because the thing is, too, is like birds in your area might not like silos. So why right. go buy why go buy six dozen silos, right? Like dive bomb, real geese, whoever. I mean, they got great marketing and like slay all sorts of ducks, but your yeah. area might not work, right? And that's and that's, of course. And, and that's nothing wrong with that. And you might find that five dozen geese actually deter geese because there is there is a certain point where like these are animals and if you're a flock of 12 and you see a flock of 60 on the ground you probably don't want to come get the heat you know what i mean like yeah yeah if you if you and two of your buddies leave the bar and there's 12 guys that want to fight you probably want to avoid that a little bit and maybe head on your and head on your way so maybe putting out six dozen decoys isn't good to start right so like i always say like whatever investment you can get get in it go out in the field because like you Again, if you got you and even one buddy, you're never going to have a bad day in the field. It doesn't matter right. if the ducks show up. 
and then build your gear as you go because every every climate everything yep. is different um and those are some of the advice i wish i got out of the gate because like yeah it's 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 really easy to get caught up in the like got to be wearing this got to have this brand of decoys yep. make sure you have this call and if you, if you can't do a, a feed call a hail call chuck like can't do all that and like do a basically like a main street show routine then like just keep that shit in your bag because you don't know what right. you're doing like that's and that's and that's stuff that doesn't help anybody so i think like get out there man i i think like i i, I so i had a few guys take me on hunts when i was early on and like they're single hunts like hey yeah you've never hunted before come with us and then like that was it which was great that was perfect and then other than that i just kind of did it on my own right which was awesome because i could go out there and i mean i tell you like where i'm at now with a duck call is not amazing um i'm not a I'm not a confident person, but like, yeah. I can, I can, I can whack now. I can sound like a duck to a decent, respectable amount. And when I think back to that first season of me sitting, sitting in my, myself and like my little blinds and just making notes that would have, <laughs> I should have thrown my own call in the water. Like, to be honest with you, but you know what? There was no one else to tell me different. Right. And, and the extreme of it is I still killed ducks. And yeah. that's not to justify, Hey, everything I was doing was wrong, but I still killed ducks. But it's to say like, man, I had, I had a dozen decoys, three of them sank within, you know, they had about a, they had a two hour hunt life before I had to like wade back out and like, kind of like squeeze the water. Out yeah. Of them. Uh, and then I had like, you know, just, just your standard $30 buck gardener, double nasty, yeah. which to this day I still have, um, actually became my kid's call. That's what they play with around the house. They have a couple nicer calls too, but that's their like, and that thing I, I will tell you, um, yeah, I'm not a huge buck gardener guy. I mean, that's the only buck gardener I've ever owned, but like that thing has been everything from like a sand shovel to a smoothie straw <laughs> to like, it's had, it's had more, that call has been, had more goldfish crackers blown through it than like you could imagine. <laughs> and like to this day, if I just like take it in the bathtub and like swish it around, like it'll still quack. Like I don't, I don't, and I, I haven't messed with it. I'm like, I don't know what's going on with this thing, but it has survived hell. Uh, and it's awesome. So, you know what? And that was like 32 bucks Canadian. So that's like, a dollar fifty American, so you should be able to afford that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and that yeah, that right. double so, nasty isn't. It's I think it's about twenty five yeah, yeah. bucks here. I think yeah, you're forty dollars probably here. Like by the time man, yeah. the taxes, you're probably just shy of fifty. But like, you know what I mean? Like, and you're not going yeah. out and buying a two hundred dollar acrylic call. You don't know how to use the thing yet. Right. Like, buy a call, figure it out, and upgrade your gear as you go, and you'll have fun. But like, yeah. if you if you if you hit the field your first hunt and you're thinking like, well, I, I better lay eight on the ground. I mean, two of them better be banded. Yeah. Uh, I got to make sure I pose for a pick and all my stick gear. Right. Yeah. Like you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. Like, I don't think that's what it's all about to be honest. And like, and again, for those folks were like, if, if honestly your fires are lit by showing up to the field in the newest, craziest gear and like only smashing limit is like the only thing that's going to like, put a smile on your heart then like good for you man that's that's there's yeah. nothing wrong with that i like that's that's not my business yeah i just think well, i mean like, it's also like the stages of waterfowling yeah. so like you start off and it's like I, the same thing happened to me you start off and you've just got like facebook marketplace decoys hand-me-downs you know like whatever cheap academy sports camo you could you could buy yeah. it was like a 25 dollar coat uh some redhead waiters from bass pro and it's like yeah. you start there and then it's like you start to figure it out yep. and then you start to learn and like my thing with like acquiring gear has always been like match the hatch so like yep if you're hunting fields that do traffic a mm. thousand geese you might want a hundred decoys yep but you can also just take 12 of those to fields that are trafficking five birds at a time yep and just start to match it or like us hunting divers like there can be 10 20 000 divers out on the lake and it's like yep. you probably want 12 dozen decoys mm -hmm. to be able to pull them in and get their attention but then you might go on a wood duck hunt where you only need four hen mallards and it's <laughs> like but you just like at least for me i just started acquiring gear <clears throat> like as i needed it Yep. 100%. So like, yeah. Yep. So like I have a couple dozen full bodies, but then if I want to make that spread bigger, I have silos, I have shells. Mm. And then it's like, you just start to progress and like, yeah, you upgrade your calls, you upgrade your yeah. camo, you upgrade your waiters and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But if you don't need to, then you don't have to. And you don't end up with that garage full of stuff that your wife's pissed off about. That's, that's why, why I have you know what I mean? Where it's like, <laughs> yeah, but where it's like, 
like, why do you have seven dozen floaters in like yeah. the old Johannes cornfields? Like, well, I thought I needed right. them. Like, where it's like, well, right? Like, wouldn't you have been better off spending that on stuff to fit your field, right? Exactly. You, you just yep. cater a better set of gear for what you're doing, right? It would exactly. be like if you were going to go out deer hunting and you did all this research on big game hunting and bought all the stuff you needed to go like sheep hunting in the mountains. Yeah. You've got a, you've got a bunch of really nice gear. It's awesome. It's great stuff, but like it's yeah. not actually going to work for what you want to go do. Right. So I think yeah. like just, just getting out. And I think that's, and yeah, if, if anyone takes anything away from this rambling of mine, I would say like, just get out in the field, like take yeah. a handful of shells. Yeah. And like, aside from decoys and aside from calling, like, Calling honestly is, I don't know, man. Calling works and it, it okay. Uh, calling works. Calling works. Calling is yeah. a part of duck hunting. It lures in birds. It is not essential. Right. Of course. I'm going to, I'm going to float that out there. Like if you have six decoys and you're in the right spot, way more important than calling is your hide. That's what everybody by far completely misses. Yeah. Yeah. And they go like, no, 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 I got to go out there and I'm going to like sit on the shore and throw like some reeds over my legs. And I'm just going to blow hail calls. It's like, well, then yeah. nothing is coming exactly. anywhere nearby. Yeah, and when like, you got your big here. satellite oh, head yeah. sticking out of the, of the yeah. reeds, then they're going to be like, no, nah, we're good. Like if you throw three old decoys out in the water and you know, birds are in the area like trafficking and you know, they, they if you're in a little back pond and you've seen ducks there before every evening and you throw a couple decoys out and you go bury yourself in some brush, the ducks will show up. Of course. So like bury yourself within shooting range, which regardless of what your choke package says, isn't 80 yards. Um, it's probably more like 30 <laughs> ideally, especially when you're starting out. Yeah. Right. And, and then have at her, have fun. Right. Yeah. Like that, that, that's it. I don't yeah, know. It's it just, all about having fun. It's yeah. just that you can get as deep or as superficial yeah. with it as you want, but oh, yeah. you can't lose sight of the fact that we're all just out there no. fun. And that's why, like, and then taking new guys out too, right? It's the same thing, right? Everyone's like, oh, yeah. I want to take, like, they're like, they don't want to take new hunters because it might screw up the hunt. Nope. It's one hunt. Like, how many uh, hunts have you had? Like, I've only been at it, well, whatever, since 20, like 2020 yeah. was my first solo season. So, you know, two seasons. Yeah. And like, I've had enough hunts to say that I will totally scrap a hunt to put a new guy in the blind. Absolutely. Like, yeah. like if having him there is so detrimental that I'm like, well, we're probably not going to shoot birds today, I will have him in the blind her him her whoever yeah and like have a good time regardless because like that to me is way more like okay so we smash five birds which right. is uh, you know what i mean like the, the intrinsic value is way more to have another hunter or someone else in the passion than it is to throw five more birds in my freezer right yep. like yep. same as when i go on a hunt like usually like I, and i haven't taken many people because i'm still new so i try not to be the guy like come on a hunt i know what i'm doing it's more like <laughs> i have no clue if you want to join me, you're more than welcome to. Yeah. But I always like I, I rarely like on the times when I'm taking new folks, I don't shoot, right? Like, and not that I'm so experienced that I don't care, but it's like I would way rather like if there's even a shot, like if somehow what I have laid out works, yeah, it's all it's all you. Because like if you down one, I know you're hooked. like you said, if they get a bird yeah. on their first hunt, they're hooked. Yeah, and that's that's worth way more than 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 going like, well, I, I might shoot some birds today, so I want I don't want to take a new guy. It's like get off it. It's not, yeah. it's not worth it. Well, and that's another part of the like sequence of waterfall too. Is like you kind of go into this like you always have to shoot limits. And like, don't get me wrong, when I was on birds for a long time, I was like, it feels weird not to shoot a limit. <laughs> Yeah, I and mean, it's like divers, which is fine. But then, I don't like, shoot that many limits, so like for me, it's like, well, it's not, yeah. it's not hard not to shoot a limit. So I'm and not. I wasn't shooting like tons <laughs> of limits, but like yeah. you're just kind of like you're chasing that, you're chasing the limit, and then yeah. like after you do that, you kind of like start to to look inside yourself. You're like, there's a little bit more to this, and then yeah. that's where I've started, you know, taking a lot more people on their first hunts and stuff like that. Not that I wouldn't have in the past. It's just like, I've, I've come to this point where I'm like, anybody that wants to go with me is always welcome. And I, I can't tell you how many people I've taken on their first hunt. And like, it just, they're hooked. Yeah. And it's so cool to see that. And then you also, like you said, you were trying to find more people to hunt with. Like I have so yeah. many people to hunt with now. It's insane. Like, yeah, I can go out anytime and be like, I can text 15 people and be like, 
hey, you want to go? And if I get mm. to the 15th person, then there's probably something wrong. They're like, oh, yeah. they, just, they yeah. don't want to hunt with me anymore. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys yeah. have the, do you guys have like the youth season? Do you guys have that in your area? Yeah, we have, it's the first, it's the weekend before our regular duck season. Yeah. See this. So I don't know if it's a BC thing or a Canada thing. So don't hold me to that. But like, I know in BC for sure, like we scrapped it this year. And I think that was one of really? the worst things they could have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it used to, we used to call it the, oh, what did we call it? There was a, it was like youth and. So it was like, if you were a youth, so you like, you had to be under a certain amount of age. I think, yep. And there was like elderly folks that could sneak in there. Like if you were like senior. Yeah. Or just not yeah. able to get out in the field anymore. It's like, look, this is a really good oh, okay. season. Like get out there and enjoy like, yeah. Right. It was, yeah, there was, there was some, there was some ways you could apply that was just not like you didn't have to be under the age of 16. There was a few, few tidbits there, but Got yeah, it. they scrapped, they, they, they scrapped it this year, I think. See, they Which, did ours two years ago. They started doing youth and veterans on the same. Okay, weekend. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, I think it's cool to give the veterans a portion, like a weekend, like yeah. they do with the youth. But the problem was it was overlapping with the youth. And so people mm. that like it crowded a lot of the public land. And yeah, then yeah, people yeah, yeah. that were taking youth out there were like, oh, well, this kind of sucks because now these kids don't get like the full advantage that they were given. So yeah. it's, it's created a little bit of animosity between like, do they stay on the same weekend? Do they split it up? Do they give veterans a weekend later in the season? You know, it's so that makes, these... that makes a lot of sense. Like yeah. I understand, I understand the perspective because like, and man, like I, 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 I we don't have probably as many veterans in Ireland. I got some buddies who, who, who have served um, yeah. Canada and, and the States. And, and I, 100% have nothing but undying respect for the fellows that, and ladies who choose to do that. But like, it doesn't necessarily mean that that veteran hasn't waterfowl hunted for the last 30 years of his life. Right. right? Like, whereas yeah. I think those weekends were created less of like a, less of like maybe like a, a, a reward weekend and more of a, like, let's get some, you know, like a chance to get that new people in. Right. Like yes. that was, a, yeah. and I mean, and, and, and on the flip side of that coin, some of those kids have, I know down South have duck hunted since they were four years old. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. there's also, there's that. Right. So like, yeah. it, 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 I, I can see some gray area there and that's, that's yeah. tough, but there, there has to be so much about pouring, pouring more folks in. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying thinking, to make that like a staple of what, you know, like this podcast and like my yeah. YouTube channel and stuff has been a lot trying to give information for people that are new to it. Not to say that like I'm a professional by any means, but there's just not a lot of people that are like dedicating content to targeting new hunters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Every yeah. podcast has that like one token episode they do, right? Where it's yeah. like, Hey, you need to have a 12 gauge shell. Like he's like, well, thanks. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't have read that on Google. Right. Which, yeah. And there's, and there's, there's a lot, like, I know there's one, we have one podcast up here in Canada, like Punisher waterfowl yep. and they do, they do a good job. Like they bring on a lot of different um, guests, but like they're, they're since kind of their like inception, I think 2020 is when they got going. Okay. Um, it's always been like to educate. Right. So yeah. Even when their guests are on, it's, it may not necessarily be like, here's how you set a spread, but it, like, right. it, it's more around, which is, which I think is the part of waterfowling that like I lean into maybe, and the, is maybe where I'm at, I guess in it, even though I'm new is like, they lean into like, not so much educating in like a tactical sense or tactile yep. sense of like, here's how you shoot. Here's how you put out decoys. Like they do episodes like that, yep. but it's more educating in just the way of like, how do you exist in the waterfowling community and then like just be a decent contribution to it. Right. Yep. Right. Like it's more that of like, Hey, like, Hey, you're in the field. Like, here's just like what decent folks do. So it's more of like almost laying out a, a role, a role model map, right. Of like, yep. this is what a decent person is. This is, you know, this is what we would do in the situation. Here's like kind of laying out that rather than yeah. like, you see some of these videos where you, know, you see on YouTube where it's like, you know, somebody's got their, whatever they call it, like exposed video where like, so-and-so is in our blind. Let's go like spook them out. You're like, what are you <laughs> doing? Like, yeah. Like now you've got every idiot who has shotguns, like going out and trying to like spook each other out in the dark. It's like, that right. sounds like a nightmare to me. Like, so that's a, that's a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. So it's just a lot more of like, I guess, educating in the sense of what, what we're talking about, where it's like, get involved, get out there, yeah. get in the field. You don't have to have all the gear, like that kind of education where it's, yeah. Maybe I'm not, maybe I haven't given you anything that would actually help you that first day you hit the field, but maybe you actually hit the field that first day. Right. I mean, and that, and that's the big first one. step. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Absolutely. So like, I mean, telling you that you need 20 dozen decoys doesn't get you in the field. Right. Telling you that like, yes, you can kill ducks with six, six decoys. Maybe there's a chance you go like, well, yeah, I can afford 20 bucks. And now you're out in the field, at least giving it a shot. Right. Yeah. And you um, can do like the, you're giving like ethical advice of what mm-hmm. things to do in the field and what not to do when, when you're, you know, around other hunters and stuff like yeah. that and like create a good positive hunting environment but then yeah. also giving people the confidence to be like, you don't need to spend $500 on decoys to go hunt. You yeah. don't need to spend $1,000 on waders to go hunt. You don't need to spend $1,500 on a shotgun. It's like what you have will work. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to do all that. You will. Yeah. Eventually. Definitely <laughs> at that point, too. <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never lie to anyone and say like, man, it is cheap waterfowling. No problem. But no. it's cheap to get into. Doesn't mean it's going to be cheap forever, but like yeah. it doesn't mean it has to be expensive your first hunt. And like, and there's lots of things. Yeah. With, when you say about ethics of other hunters, I mean, waterfowling is another one. You guys probably maybe get it more. I know they don't, I don't know if you guys have like draws, like lotteries or whatever for your blinds. Yes, we do. Yep. So like we don't have that. There's a lot of public land. Um, we have a lot of like no shooting rules. That's more our jam. Okay. Um, BC, BC like leans pretty on the like anti-gun, anti-hunter side. Like if, if Canada was a state, it would probably be like your California. Like BC would be, you Got know, it. where it's very you know, liberal. Very, yeah, yeah, very Starbucksy. Yeah. That would yeah. be. I mean, until you hit like the <laughs> desert, and then and then you slowly lean into Texas, the more northern you get. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. like this very like like a gradient. We start we start at Portland, and like you kind of go up to Texas. Like that's yeah. kind of where we're so and i'm in the portland area right now but it's so it's, i mean it's a lot more like so there's not like lotteries for blinds there's not a lot of competition so it's not a thing but right. there is going to be times where like you set up and you're there you know two hours before first light you got a sweet setup you've done all your work and then like a headlamp busts through the brush like 150 yards to your right yeah so like you've got like a lot of options there like you can just like run out your day and you guys can both blow out birds and have no fun yeah you can go yell at each other or you can also just go like hey man like i don't know if you knew we were here like, let's start there first. Right. And then say like, oh, oh, you didn't realize we're here. Okay. Well, like, do you mind moving down? Cause you haven't set up yet. We're set up. That may yeah. resolve it. Or you say like, Hey, you've got 12 decoys. I've got 20 decoys. Why don't we throw them all in this section of pond? Yeah. And there's like room in our blind for another dude. You want to join? Yeah. And now you both maybe have a wicked hunt as opposed to like starting off the morning yelling at each other and then right. going home empty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. It's just a different mentality. And like, I'm, I'm a pretty laid back guy just in, in my life in general. So that's that's why a lot of things I don't do. As soon as things become a hassle or a headache, like that kills it for me. So yeah, I just I have, I've approached waterfowling in the same way. Of just like I'm not looking for a headache. I'm just looking yeah. to enjoy what what lights a little bit of fire in me, and that's that's chasing ducks. Yeah. Well, it's cool to hear that. Like your guys's struggles and wins are the same thing as ours. Yeah. <laughs> it just it seems is. like all of North America. It doesn't <laughs> change. And. No. uh I mean, it's, it's cool to hear that. And, you know, with you being, I mean, you are so far away from me. You have to be like 36 hours away from me. Yeah. And so like, but we're having the same conversation yeah. about the same things. Yeah. It's like drastically different spots, but the waterfalling is still at its core, the exact same. That's yeah. so cool to hear. When it's, and I think, yeah, it's across the, like I said, across North America. It's yeah. crazy. Like, it's funny. Cause like I said, I do a lot of I've done a lot of uh, work and just connected with like people down in like Louisiana, Arkansas, Florida, like that area. And they always like, Oh, like how far is it? I'm like, literally if you drew up like a diagonal line until you hit the other ocean, yeah, (laughs) like I'm somewhere over there. Like, it's not like, it's just like, you know what I mean? Cause like for call it like call it blues. I don't know if you know uh, what that is. Uh -uh. It's like a big, uh, it's a big, so RNT, like rich and tone calls the uh, the Mondo's, those guys, like one of like the Titan in the call industry yeah uh john john stevens he's he's the guy that runs that so i like honestly really cool uh, i don't know him personally he might be a total dick i don't know but like just the way he runs his company is really cool and the way yeah. of like he, he basically they've i don't know how many years now i want to say three they he he runs a festival so rnt is not a small place it is a large like factory yes, it's huge uh yeah. yeah plus like they've got a shop plus they've got a bar like it, it is a it is a small village yeah so what he does is yeah, he just opens up the grounds to any call maker in the industry. Big, small, whoever you are, come set up a tent on his front lawn, basically. And and they throw a, a festival just to celebrate calls. Like, and then 
they push other people's calls. They have uh, call making competitions. It's all about calls. Yeah. Um, but it's cool that like a business, like, I mean, that would like Ford saying like, Hey, whoever builds cars, like come build cars in our factory. For a week, <laughs> right. Like you're never going to see that in an industry. Like if, no. if you're a Titan, you're kind of wanting to just like squish everybody else and do your own thing. So I like for whatever, uh, and I, and when I say he might be a dick, I've heard, I have heard no one who has met him say anything bad about that fella, but I just don't know him personally. So I won't vouch for him, but yeah. I will say, like I said, like something like that goes a long way. So anyways, call it Palooza. Um, just with some of the guys that worked a lot of them are in the call industry and they're like, Oh, you got to come down. And I was like, oh, okay. It's like, it's like a 23 hour flight. Like right. it's not even, I was like, that's, that's a, I was like, I could fly to Europe almost. What like, <laughs> right. so, it's it's same, crazy. Yeah. Sometimes when you look at it, but like you said, they're again, like they might be hunting, they might be hunting bayous and I'm hunting cedar forest on the edge of a river, but like, it's not right. all that different. Same, no, same idea. it's the same concepts. It's just different terrain. Yeah. Yeah. We, we get frustrated the same days. We have the same winds. Yeah. The only difference is I'm really lucky. And like, uh, I've had a few conversations where guys always like take the dig. I'm really lucky. Cause I'm, I'm at the top, not the top. Cause there's still like the rest of BC or Canada, but I'm kind of at the top of the migration. So yeah, I get the dumb, I get the dumb birds. Yeah. So any successes I've had, apparently they're all dumb birds. Um, so <laughs> for whatever that's worth, but like, you know what I mean? Like they all go up, they go North, they hatch, and then they're coming down. Yeah. Now I get to hunt them way before they get to like anywhere else down south. Right. Um, so like, you know, they're less call shy, they're like decoy shy. I mean, there is the, you know, veteran birds in there that have, you know, maybe done a few migrations, but right. all those new hatchlings have no idea what's going on. So they see like, they see a, they see a mojo spinning duck and they're, they're all in like, yeah. So they never seen you know, that before in their life. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. So for the first couple of weeks of the season, like it is, it's easy. It's easy. Yeah. Uh, and that, not like extremely easy, but it, it is easier than maybe the first couple of weeks of the Southern season. Right. But the difference is, is like, because of that, and this is not again to throw shade at anyone in my area, but like, it's almost made hunters lazy. So like, if you talk about understandable call though, like, yeah, if you talk about like calling culture in my area, like hail calls, hail calls, hail calls, like yeah. that's it. Like if you're anywhere, like in an area where there's other hunters, if they're like, if you can see a duck and it's like a pinprick on the horizon and you wait, it's like, yeah. like you're, you're 40 yards from me. Like that thing is six kilometers away. Like, yeah. And it's one duck. Like it's not coming. Right. But it's, yeah. that's it. It's just like, hail call, hail call, hail call. Like, and it's just, there's no finesse. There's no finishing. You don't have to like work on all that, like fine tuning. Cause for three weeks out of the season, they do not care. Yeah. Uh, and then what happens is a lot of those guys all disappear. And that's where then there's not a lot of pressure is because like that first three weeks is easy. If you've got six decoys in a heartbeat, you can have a good time. I mean, like that's an, that's an exaggeration, but pretty close. And yeah. then after that, it gets hard. It gets cold. The weather's shitty. Your, your fingers hurt. It's rainy. Yeah. The birds aren't as stupid. You know, it's like, and, yeah. and then you got to work for it a little bit. And then it yeah. slowly thins the herd. And then, then you kind of have like, then you can pick all the spots you want and have a good time. But yeah, that's pretty this awesome. is very different. Whereas like you talk about down south and they're like, man, they've got, the way those guys run calls down south, oh man, like just like with the squeals and the pops and like the, yeah. everything, I'm like, what are you guys like? Dude, that is insane. I'm like, I, I can make a quack. Yeah. <laughs> like that seems <laughs> seems to work. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Calling always has been something. So like that's one. I I don't even know to be honest with you. Like if if waterfowling or calling bit me harder, I actually don't know if I know that answer. It was one of those ones where like listening to the guys call. Well, I was hunting with him. I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then I met uh, I met an older guy through a conservation um, thing he runs in my area. It's called the Pit Waterfowler. So they do nesting boxes. I think they're up to like, I want to say in and around 200, give or take 20 uh, nesting boxes that they maintain every year. Oh, that's crazy. And like they're a private. That's super they're, cool. They're one of the, I don't want to say old dudes. He's going to hear this and like be mad at me. But like one of the older fellows who runs it, it was his dad's project that he started way back and like started with 10 boxes. And every year they've just added a few boxes. So. Um, I, I, as a new hunter, one of their big things, uh, they always try to take out new hunters and do the youth, youth season. So he was kind enough to take me out on a hunt. And, and, and I just, man, I must've chatted to zero fast about calling. Cause like, I was like, yeah. I think the guys I first hunted with, like that was a hail call, hail call. And it was like foggy. So like birds were just dropping and you didn't have to call. And then all of a sudden we were like in the blind. It was just me and this, me and this fella. And, and he was like, feed and chuckle. And it was like, quack, quack, quack. And it was like, and it was like a little bit of wine. And then like, it was just like, what is this? Like this? Yeah. And like, and he was actually, and we could see the birds. It was like, a, it was a bluebird day. Cause I remember he kept apologizing that it wasn't ideal. And he was like coaxing birds in where like, you could see them and they would like turn. 
and they would come in and then they were like maybe flare but then they'd turn back and i was like i was like okay this is like it was like game of cat and mouse where i was like okay now now we're playing like we're not just yeah. spotting something and shooting it it's like you've got to trick them with decoys you got to talk to them with calls like you literally have to learn a whole nother language more so with geese and ducks but yeah and i was like okay so then all of a sudden i, I from that moment on i was like research calling i was like this is a whole thing because like I don't know, deer calls, you like, you grunt, you rattle some, you know, it's just not as, it's not the same. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. To the, the same extent as waterfowl, where it's like, you got to know if they're on a corner, you got to know if they're going away, you got to like all these things, you got to know what your spread looks like. So you're making the right noises. So like, you're not making a, the noise of a, a, a flying duck when all your ducks are on the ground, like all these like weird things that you wouldn't think of. Um, so it's, it's a whole nother rabbit hole you can go down, but so anyways, yeah, so I started talking to him and then, and then he was like, oh, you got to listen to calling comps. I listened to that and I was like, I'm sold. Whatever that is, I want to get there one day. Uh, and so for two years, I've just been hammering on calls and I'm nowhere close to, uh, to that. But I'm probably closer than I was on day one. So we'll call it a win. 